This is the Morning Monorail Podcast. Please stand clear of the doors. To our new passengers, we welcome you aboard our highway in the sky. It is a Nordic monorail morning, and this is the Morning Monorail. Welcome back, everybody. This is Justin Monorail, and joining me for our Wednesday edition of M34D is the D in the 4D. The D. (laughs) One of the Ds. The third D? Fourth D. Who knows? Landon the Dawsdone. Landon, don't do math in public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As your podcasting coach, I've told you never do uh, math on a podcast. Let's just go ahead and expand that to uh, the public. But regardless of which D I am, I am the big D coming to you from the isolation station of love. Hope everybody's having a good week. Happy hump day. I don't know if people still say that or not, but regardless, we're halfway through the week, y'all. We're almost, almost to the weekend. We're doing it. We're really, yeah. really mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> The final week of February before we get How into... How is that possible? I mean, crazy. like, don't get me wrong. It's It's been a cold, miserable February, which, I mean, I guess, spoiler alert, most Februarys are cold and miserable, but, like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel possible that we're almost to the third month of 2021. Well, February is quite a short month. Y- yes, I'm aware how calendars work. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. And, well, <laughs> it's just appropriate that we're talking about this particular attraction today because it was a pretty short attraction. So I feel I like, mean, yeah, mm-hmm. like, like, are, are you talking lengthwise? Because I mean, did like, like, like having uh, d- done the research for this uh, fine episode of M34D, some POV videos, maybe five minutes. Yeah, they're short. Mm-hmm. I mean, like yep. probably closer to four and a half. But yeah, let's just jump right into it. Let us introduce, let us introduce <laughs> the matter at hand. And that is, of course, today, our deep dive is all about the now extinct Norway attraction in Epcot's World Showcase, Maelstrom. Mm. Now it's time to do your Norway accent. Take it away. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was. I'm considering uh, trying one in a minute. We'll see how how it goes. I don't know. Just based on last week, uh, after uh, the performance of the uh, of the kid monorails, we're already like borderline. Uh, most of the podcast being canceled <laughs> due to insensitivity. So. <laughs> Maybe, maybe sit this one out. (laughs) I don't know if you can talk me out of it. I've already got it in my head. (laughs) We'll see. You've gone too far to go back. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Back, back, back over the falls. Um, Hey! (laughs) Yes, it's right. It is true, ladies and gentlemen. The long-awaited deep dive on the Maelstrom ride. This is one of those rides that a lot of people hold in their hearts as like a favorite extinct Epcot attraction. Although... Before it closed down in October of 2014, it had kind of gotten to the point where not a lot of people were riding this thing anymore. I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess it was kind of like a nostalgic favorite and people were always like, oh, it's cute and I like to do it. But I mean, it's not like you were rope dropping Maelstrom. If there was a long line more than maybe 30 minutes, that might have even been pushing it. You probably weren't doing it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I do hold this attraction in high regard. Like, I do miss this attraction. But the times that I went down while it was open, like, I would say nine times out of ten, granted, I didn't ride this thing ten times. I'm just using <laughs> that as a as a measure of, you know, odds and stuff like that. For the most part, this was a walk-on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
So, I mean, like, by the time it, it got to uh, its end date on October 5th, 2014, I mean, yes, when it was announced that it was shutting down, uh, the wait to get on it went up. But mm-hmm. before that, I mean, like, as much as people liked it, not necessarily like uh, something, like you said, people are going to wait in line for yeah. nor did they have to for the most part. Yeah. I mean, I would put it on the same level as, like, the Grand Fiesta Tour. I mean, people people enjoy it. Although, I would say back in the Maelstrom days... I was probably more likely, if I had to wait in line for one, I probably would have been more likely to wait for the Grand Fiesta Tour than I would have been really? for Maelstrom, I think mm, so. Because, like, even even now, like, uh, I think it was the last time I was down, I wanted to get on uh, Grand Fiesta. I ended up getting on it, but the first time I went on it, there was a line. It's like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Like, like because, again, like, to me, it's like, I love Grand Fiesta Tour, but that's a walk-on ride for me. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, typically it is. It's been a little bit different lately because um, with all of the social distancing that they're trying to maintain, especially in the Mexico Pavilion, since it's all and indoor. And cardboard imp- implementation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, putting up the putting up plexiglass and all that sort of thing, and limiting how many people they put on the boats. The wait can be longer, and people have been waiting, you know, a little bit longer for the Grand Fiesta tour, but. Um, yeah, well, I, we're talking pre-COVID. Before yeah, pre caught on fire. Pre-COVID, it was usually a walk-on. The, the, my only, um, this is not the Grand Fiesta Tour podcast, but uh, my only complaint about that ride is they don't let you bring on a margarita. No kidding. Yeah, especially when when you go by the restaurant, it's like, dag nabbit, I really want at least like a bowl of chips and salsa yeah. while I ride this oh, yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine the cleanup if they did though? Free chips and salsa on every Grand Grand Fiesta Tour ride. <laughs> um, now that would get a line. On Maelstrom, you probably would have gotten like a pickled herring or something. Free pickled herring for every ride on Maelstrom. Yeah, that would not inspire a line, at least in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, well, as we typically do, we'll we'll take a step back here to kick things off and just explain what Maelstrom was back in the day when it was actually a, a going concern. Maelstrom was a flume dark ride. You got in a long ship. You would load in. It was actually the boats are very similar to what they are now for the Frozen Forever After and also the Grand Fiesta Tour, but they looked more like Viking ships. So, (laughs) you know, they were kind of shaped and ornate in that way. Each particular boat could hold around 16 people, probably at max load. Again, like if, if if you can't picture exactly what either the Grand Fiesta Tour or Frozen boats look like, if you think of the small world boats, it's probably about the same capacity. Um, just without the fun Viking ornamental thing yeah, in the front. Yeah. And the ride was basically just um, a, a ride through a bit of Norway's history and then also some mythology. And then it kind of ended up, as you traveled through time, ending up in what was present day Norway, mm-hmm. taking a look at an oil rig. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hard smash into a, into a tourism. <laughs> Come visit Norway and look at our oil rig. <laughs> hell, it's a strange, <laughs> strange choice. Well, um, it, it, it's weird. I don't know if you're going to get into this. Like, like before this ride was built, the idea that the Imagineers had was going to be something like vastly different from this. It was going to look at all the mythological stuff in Norway. Like the premise that they were originally pitched was the ride was going to end with you finding the Rainbow Ridge or Rainbow Bridge in Valhalla. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, like the, the Imagineers went really pie in the sky. Like this was originally pitched as Epcot's first thrill ride. And what the Imagineers wanted to do, uh, the uh, Norway people or the country of Norway and their, I guess, tourism board came to the table. It's like, 
yeah, no, that's not really what we, the paying person, really want out of this ride. Mm. So they had to go back to the uh, drawing board. The, uh, the, the Sherman brothers actually came up with a song for this ride. They got just completely scrapped. I would have loved to hear what those guys came up with. And I always bring them. There is a fun Joe Rody fact. This is one of the first attractions he worked on. Wow. D- did he work on that original concept? Uh, he worked on the original concept, and he also uh, worked on the attraction, how it was presented. Okay. That's cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, those are interesting facts. It, it, it reminds me a bit of that original concept they had for the Living Seas ride, where you were going to be in a yes. bubble. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. a shark was going to attack you, and <laughs> somebody releases the Kraken before that phrase was co-opted by a bunch of crazy people. It's really interesting. It's like in the late 70s, early 80s, they they wanted to go a lot more mythological with the Epcot ride experiences and mm-hmm. would have been interesting if it had gone that direction. Um, you know, I, I almost wish we'd, we'd had both, you know? No kidding. Like, get the mythological and then get the more of the tourism driving like real experience on another ride or something i don't know it is a shame and i guess it's one of those things it's like when you're dealing with a uh with a uh sponsor who is poning up a lot of the a lot of the bill like a lot of these countries mm-hmm. were in attractions in each of the countries in the world showcase it is kind of a bummer that we didn't get to see what the imagineers wanted to do because it's like i do feel like there would have been a very nice middle ground between you know going going to that rainbow bridge to what we ended up getting but i mean like if i remember correctly during during the pitch uh the country of norway it's like okay you can maybe have one troll maybe hmm. and that's that to me it's like the trolls are one of the most memorable parts of this ride yeah i would agree and as we get into it we can talk about it a little bit more but yeah i i uh it's interesting i think that what happens is the countries the sponsor countries they get in these meetings, they start talking about the rides, and they what they don't want is they don't want to come across as a joke, and they don't want people to get the wrong impression of, you know, what it might be like to visit there, like, based on stereotypes mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and which, which, I mean, I, I 100% understand, and yeah. it's like, originally, uh, when this ride opened, uh, doing my research, I think I heard that tourism to Norway was up, like, 500% after maelstrom opened or bore the uh or, or this area the of the Norway world, world yeah. showcase open so i mean like like clearly i mean their their concerns paid off for them at least in the short term yeah i think so i mean i think it served its purpose it's interesting now that of course we've got frozen ever after in that spot which has nothing to do with norway or real <laughs> real events that well uh, to be fair norway has since backed yeah, out yeah they so, don't sponsor so yeah so at this point disney's like hey disney what do you want to do that's a good question disney <laughs> yeah, i know <laughs> but it's just funny how far we've come from oh well let's have a ride that's a little more based in reality no um, kidding yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Which, once again come look at our oil rigs <laughs> seriously this is what we came up oil rigs <laughs> Sorry. Well, only half of the experience was the ride because actually more than half of the time you spent as long as you stayed for the movie was <laughs> yeah. watching the film. Um, so if the ride was four and a half minutes, the Norway film was five minutes and 50 seconds. Most people didn't stay for it, especially nope. if you'd already seen it. You probably passed right through, although I remember watching it a couple of times. It's, it was interesting, too, especially if you stack that film up against some of the other films around World Showcase, because they included some of that Viking history in the film, I guess, knowing that people would want to see that. But then also, the oil industry makes an appearance in the film as well. 
but we also get to see Olympic skiing. Yep. And, you know, all sorts of things. Um, we get to see the fjords, which, by the way, I, I know that um, one of the things you can do if you visit Norway is do, like, uh, fjord cruises. That's something I would love to do. Mm, okay. I'm way more open to that idea than going to an Alaskan cruise. I don't know why. Because I think... So do they give, like, oil rig cruises? <laughs> yeah. Go see the oil rigs <laughs> in their natural habitat. Yep. See, it's like, like I... I rode Maelstrom a handful of times, and every time I rode it, when you got to that point, the doors were already open. Like Disney was like, "Yeah, we we know." Like like yeah. like you you didn't ride this attraction to watch this infomercial, and it's <laughs> like what I do remember seeing of that film. I mean, you talked about they did touch on the Viking history. That stuff was cool, but then everything else, it's like at least by the time I rode it, it felt dated and yeah. like like just completely like, oh, is this going to be updated? No, ah, screw it. Yeah. Exit through the gift shop. Yeah, it was maybe something that, you know, was worth seeing once just to get the experience. But yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's not like, like now that I've seen, because I have finally seen Impressions de France. Um, and I think that film is great. I used to love O Canada. The one that we've got now, Canada Far and Wide, is it's okay. Um, it's not as good. It's it, I preferred the, the previous Canada film with Martin Short. Ironically enough, Martin Short also voced this Norway video. Yeah, too. yeah. really felt out of place, but you know, everybody loved Martin Short at that time. <laughs> and then the um, reflections of China. Um, Martin Short does that one too. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, that one. That one to me, out of the three films, film feels the most dated now, and it needs an update. And I think it. I think it's planned for an update, but. I don't think I've seen that one. So out of like, if if you're stacking the the four with the Norway film up against each other, I probably would have put the Norway film last in terms of which ones I wanted to see, especially at the time. And I probably would have watched the Living Sea video. <laughs> <laughs> you de- what do you mean you? Probably, I would have. You definitely would have. Yeah. I would have. Yeah, one hundred percent. I would have watched the Living Sea film. Um, you would have watched it so much, you would have started reciting the lines. You'd be like, oh, here it comes. Here's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. In fact, if they had given me the option to watch the Living Sea film as I exited Maelstrom, I probably would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I did love that film. I don't think that's how that works, buddy. Sorry. Oh, well. Oh, I know you did. Pick, pick your own film <laughs> as you exit the ride. <laughs> kind of like a Horizons thing. So let's talk a little bit about the ride. Uh, it, again, it was short, and there wasn't a lot to see. And, and nowadays, when you ride Frozen Ever After, the track is the same. You're just getting different views and it used to be the, I'd say one of the most uh, obvious changes is it used to be the offload area was separate from the boarding area and now it's not it's the same uh, you get off and then the boat moves like five feet forward and then people get mm-hmm. on they were actually in totally separate rooms back in the in the maelstrom days um, and by the way when we we'll get to that in a minute but that's where my weird quote-unquote dream that I thought I had that's where that came from <laughs> yeah so you start out on the Maelstrom ride by you go up a, a lift, a, li- a very dark lift hill. You actually are greeted by the eye of Odin. And here it comes. You are not the first to pass this way, nor shall you be the last. <laughs> wow. That was more Sean Connery from uh, from that movie where he was a dragon. I am the last one. <laughs> dragon. Yeah, it was Dragonheart. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best I got. Mm, okay, buddy. <laughs> And uh, so you get to see that uh, the, the Odin greeting you. And then once you get to the top of the lift hill, you get the history of the Vikings and the seafaring ways of the ancient Norway people, Norwegian people. 
then you get a, you do get to meet a troll, a three headed troll. So if mm-hmm. they, I guess they figured if they could only have one troll, we'll give it three heads. <laughs> get the most bang for your buck out of your troll. Yeah, and this is where the troll cursed you and tried to send you over the back of the waterfall. Little did we know that this would be the first uh, troll that curses you. Now you just get on the internet. And there's nothing but trolls cursing. You. <laughs> Nailstrom was ahead of its time, ladies that's a good and gentlemen. One. That's probably where the term uh, troll on the internet comes from. It comes from Maelstrom. Obviously. I mean, yeah. where else could it come from? <laughs> so uh, at that point, your boat does reverse course and goes backwards, just like it does today on Frozen Ever After. Um, but in the in these times, the boat would actually go to an opening that opened up to the outdoors. If you were standing so outside cool. of the ride, you could see the boats back up to it. Um, and there was a waterfall there. And then a rock troll actually turns your boat around, and then you go down the forward drop. Um, and that's then where you encounter... The the polar bears are the mm-hmm. polar the polar bears and then uh, then you meet the uh, oil rig. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yeah, and like you talk about the the effect of going backwards. The first time I experienced that, like I'm not gonna like it freaked me out. <laughs> a, 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 like like I just turned around. It's like oh my god, what's going on? Like like I don't know that whole. Uh, sensation. Now it's like, you know, uh, we get on something like Expedition yeah. Everest and, and it sends you backwards way faster at, at much higher velocity. It's like, yay, this is fun. But I don't know, something on a boat going backwards down a hill just freaked me out. Yeah, I agree with that. I think as a kid that freaked me out, too. I, just that the whole feeling of the backwards motion just wasn't something you were used to. And I, I can remember kind of the anticipation of riding the ride. I was always a little nervous about the backwards part. Mm-hmm. Are you still nervous of anticipation now that it's frozen no i'm not at all because i'm so excited to see elsa (laughs) hashtag real men love frozen yeah we do we're gonna cover frozen on a separate because it deserves its own m3 4d but um well i agree it deserves its own episode but please include somewhere like on the on the facebook group please include that picture of me you and frank from dillo's diz the time that we rode frozen ever after because that might be my favorite or one of my favorite pictures i've ever been. oh yeah <laughs> just pure joy on, on our faces and then in the next row there's some lady who looks really confused it's <laughs> Hey, one of the things that I wanted to point out was that uh, there were a couple of hidden Mickeys on the, Ooh, on Maelstrom. Okay. Yep. In the ride's loading area, a large painted mural included many people and elements from Norway's history. This was in the, yeah, if you were loading a big mural on the back wall. And uh, you would notice that hidden in the painting was a Viking whose helmet had Mickey Mouse ears and another figure wearing a Mickey Mouse watch. Oh, that's cool. And then inside the stave church, King Olaf II had a small Mickey embroidered on his tunic near his right hand thigh. That's not that's not really part of the ride, though. The stave church is something that's outside of the maelstrom, but um, but it still counts. And and also, I think it's interesting that Olaf was both in Maelstrom, where he was a king apparently, and then he was in Frozen Ever After, where he was <laughs> downgraded to a talking snowman. So. <laughs> Although he's a very cool talking snowman. I mean, he is. Yeah, that animatronics killer. It's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, but then, I mean, I don't have much more to add about the film. We kind of covered the the big pieces of it, and there are... Oh, I wanted to plug this. Our friends over at Undercover Tourist have a very good video that not only shows the ride, and it shows the film. So if you want the full experience, I think it's like a front row POV, um, and then they've got a good view of the film as well. Go look up the Undercover Tourist Maelstrom ride, and you'll get the whole thing. It's, it's very, very good. 
I actually watched that uh, front row POV uh, doing some research for this episode, and uh, they they do good work. Yeah, yeah, they do they do good work over at Undercover Tourist overall. But yeah, check out some mm-hmm. of their videos as well. So um, yeah, I mean, it had a good run. It was open from July fifth, nineteen eighty eight, to October fifth. 2014. It's always interesting to me because October seems to be quite a month of change at Epcot. Uh, as we've been doing these deep dives, it's like rides. I know the park opened in October, but rides either open or close in October, or there's some hmm. sort of a change that happens in October. I wonder, it, it must have something to do with budget. I mean, possibly. I hadn't put that together, but I mean, like, now that you bring it up, I mean, yeah, there's there's definitely been a handful like like grand opening or grand closing when it comes to October. I mean, maybe maybe there is like contractually something about that time of year. Yeah, hmm, I don't know. So it'd be interesting to kind of figure out like maybe we should go back and look over some notes for previous M34Ds. Is just October a maybe the most popular month for openings or and or closings, not just in Epcot, but kind of overall? I don't know. Hmm. I I mean, if that's true. Maybe Tron Cycle Power Run. <laughs> Ooh, you heard it here first. It's opening in October 2021, y'all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be perfect because that's when the 50th anniversary starts. So, holy crap, it really might. Wow, buddy, I think we just uh, cracked this uh, Rubik's cube wide open. Yeah, that's how you do a Rubik's cube. You break it, right? I think so. That's the okay. easiest way to do it. Yeah, that's the only way I can do it. <laughs> yeah, I will say, like, sure, I miss Maelstrom. Um, mm-hmm. It was a fun ride. More, for, but yeah, it's more from a nostalgic standpoint. I'm not sad that it got replaced by Frozen. Although, I mean, if I want to be like an Epcot purist and a curmudgeon about it, it's like, well, we're not supposed to have IPs in Epcot, and it's supposed to be more about the country, and this really has nothing to do with Norway. But the problem is, I do love Frozen. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> and plus, if you were going to be a curmudgeon, you're on the wrong podcast. That uh, that podcast here is every Thursday. It's called Dillo's Diz. That's <laughs> true. Yep. I'll save my curmudgeon opinions until I get to guest spot on that show once again. Well, it's like uh, before we hit the door because I feel like we're starting to head that way. Uh, give me that uh, that line from Odin one more time because <laughs> I I also watched a video uh, from the very last ride. Okay, of Maelstrom. Okay. You are not the first to pass this way, nor will you be the last. On the very last ride of Maelstrom, a cast member said that, but changed it to, but you will be the last to pass this way. Wow. So nice little touch from the cast member. It was funny because you also heard an audible sigh from the from the crowd. Aww. So it was like, yeah, okay, it's appropriate, but we're also taking this dagger, stabbing it right in the heart, and then twisting it. So, Youch. I don't know. That'd be pretty bittersweet riding a ride for the last time. Even even if it was something I wasn't a huge fan of, like uh, I don't know, Primeval World. If I was like the, <laughs> if I knew I was in the last car ever to go on Primeval World, it would have been kind of bittersweet. I would have been like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna dance on the the grave of this particular ride. But ah, eh, sad to see it go anyway. That would be my favorite ride I've ever been on Primeval World, knowing it was never running again after I got off. <laughs> no, I've watched some videos. It's like, I know we're not supposed to talk about the park that shall not be named, but uh, the last boat ride on Jaws the Ride, mm. like, uh, watching it's like, I would have given so much money to be on that. You boat. would have been a sobbing mess. Yes, I would have been like, I'm going to miss you, Chris. Come here. You big old great white chuck. I'm going to kiss you. <laughs> Although I wouldn't blame you because that would have been that would have been pretty emotional. 
Mm-hmm. And and apparently they brought back one of the like like most renowned skippers to oh, do the nice. do the tour. Yeah. So and and like like the audience was was hitting all the cues. They were playing they were playing their part. Just such a fun ride. So it's like I like I agree with you. It would be bittersweet to be on the last voyage of any ride, but mm-hmm. at the same time knowing that you're a part of theme park history, especially at these parks. I mean, like like you can't put it on your resume, but I mean, like it. it it's going to give you some nerd cred. So for sure. Yeah. I mean, cause honestly, like if, if the boats held 16 people, let's say there are only 16 people in the world that can say they were the, the last people to ride yep. Maelstrom. That's mm-hmm. pretty, that's pretty cool. There's a bunch that said that, that they were on it on, on its last day, but yeah, there's 16 people walking this stupid little globe. Yeah. We call earth that can say that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I, also, it was originally supposed to be called Sea Venture, but apparently they didn't want to get it uh, mixed up with uh, uh, the uh, living with the seas area. Oh, uh, yeah, I I had that too, and I forgot Sorry. to mention it. Thank, no, thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we were about to go on a whole dadgum tangent. I'd be like, oh, by, by the way, one more fact. No, Look I at was, me bringing the knowledge. What's up with you this episode? You, you've done a great job. You've really picked up for <laughs> me because I, I don't know. I've just been, uh, I, I don't know. I'm sad, sad, but also not sad that it's gone and. I, I was going to say, like, like, like piggybacking on something you said, I don't know if this is going to be a hot take, but a semi-hot take. I prefer Frozen Ever After over Maelstrom. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't know that I would have, you know, I probably, when it closed, because just to bring this back up again, my family's, this family, with Sam and the kids' first trip to Disney was in October of 2014. We got there literally like 10 days after Maelstrom had closed. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and, and and McKenna has brought this up several times. How much she hates that she missed it by that much. Yeah, and that was my first trip to Disney in like, I, I guess something like ten years or something. So it would have been amazing if we could have gotten that last ride before it shut down. But yeah, I, I was sad we didn't get to do it. But at the same time, I I was I don't. I, it's interesting. I think my fandom of Frozen <laughs> has grown over the years because I'll tell you, I like Frozen Two better than Frozen One actually. Um, what? I do. I like it better. Oh, I I thought Frozen 2 was barely tolerable, where, where I really liked Frozen. Oh, man. I don't know. That's another debate for another day. But, um, <laughs> but I have really enjoyed writing it, and I think it's been enhanced by the fact that we've got memories like, like just like you brought up when you, Frank, and I wrote it. Um, oh, that was so much fun. On our little guy's <laughs> weekend, and, and we just, yeah. I, I I don't I've never had as much fun riding a, a you know a frozen boat ride in my life. <laughs> so uh, good good Dude's memories. Huge trip good on things. frozen. <laughs> good things good things. All right, well let's wrap it up there. I um I will say that we've got like next week is going to be a little departure. We've been talking about things that have been open and things that you've experienced. We're going to talk about something next week that I've never heard of. And it only came to my attention because as I was doing research for things that had closed in Epcot, I found a video of this on YouTube. Otherwise, I would not have believed it was ever in Epcot. (laughs) So just a little teaser. It's going to be, it'll be interesting. We're going to have some fun with that one. But uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Before we wrap up, let's do some plugs here. Landon, tell people where they can find you on the interwebs. L-A-N-D-O-Z Please go follow me Landon Doan I'm the best Landon Doan Not the rest That's where you can find me 280 characters at a time on Twitter I also run a website ButtMuchChips.com ButtMuchChips Sit on your butt and munch
Yeah, I kind of got a troll thing going on. I, I like that. That's where you can find uh, really outdated episodes of Game of Thrones talk, a.k.a. Got Talk. Um, uh, really, really, really old episodes of Near Fall Radio and other random stuff from my college radio uh life before I got paid to do this for a living. I'm still blown away. But uh, in lieu of that, I invite you to go to the iTunes store and search for Near Fall Radio, a podcast on the sweet science of professional wrestling, where myself and Will Rab talk about the latest from the squared circle, talking on, uh, you know, the world of professional wrestling. We have been focusing on all elite wrestling, but as we are on the road to WrestleMania, it would be derelict of us being a professional wrestling podcast if we didn't talk about what's going on in vince mcmahon's wwe universe so uh we are going to be talking a lot of wwe stuff heading to uh wrestlemania 37 once again two nights and will actually take place in tampa bay this year uh maybe in front of fans question mark because governor ron DeSantis is a complete buffoon who knows but you know that's that's uh that, that's yet to be decided, but it will be available on the WWE Network, which, by the way, if you're a Comcast uh, subscriber, uh, it is being moved to Peacock. So uh, if you already pay Xfinity, Comcast, whatever they've changed their name to, to try and run away from their horrible, horrible past, uh, you're already a Peacock to Peacock subscriber. So you can check out uh, the uh, magic of WrestleMania. So that'll that'll be fun. Yeah. I actually canceled my WWE subscription just a week ago, and because I was paying ten bucks a month for WWE Network, Peacock without ads is ten bucks a month. So I was like, "Nah, eh, I'll get that. I'll get The Office. I'll get Parks and Rec. I'll get uh, lots of great stuff over on the Modern Pe- Family. Modern Family, mm-hmm. yeah. King um, of the Hill. Every season of SNL is available on Peacock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also uh, also available is me on the Phil show on News Talk 98.7 WOKI radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, streaming 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at Newstalk987.com. Also available on the iHeartRadio app and the Newstalk 987 app as well. And uh, I am going to brag on myself because uh, this past Friday I did work over on the Bob, Bob Yarborough show and we started talking about space camp and bob somehow pivoted that to mission space in epcot so uh i landed down played one little spark of imagination on an fm radio station so yes. uh, in your face disney people i got that on you i hope you also told people that if they wanted more of that kind of content they could check you out on the morning monorail podcast i didn't want to push it i do like getting this paycheck <laughs> so settle down <laughs> Uh well, we plug you them all the time. Can't front on that, Holmes. We plug we plug WOKI. They, you know, you could you could sneak one in every once in a while. Let's do some subliminal messages. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, let's uh, let's 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 uh, look into that. On your bumper music, I'll just start saying, <laughs> "Listen to the Monday Morning Monorail." Monday Morning Monorail. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um. So anyway. We're not getting sponsored by Peacock, but it might be a good investment if you like the WWE product. Peacock, baby. Go do also, it. Also, Thirty Rocks, all there. Yeah, Thirty Rocks too. I'm in. I'm in a Thirty Walk, th- Thirty Rock rewatch. That's hard to say. I'm up to like season four. I'm approaching the Hazel What's her name season, and like that is one of the worst TV characters that has ever been introduced. And it's a shame because I think um, Christian Schultz or whatever her name is kind of funny. I like her as Tina or uh, as Louise Belcher on Bob's burgers, but I cannot stand her because of her character on 30 rock 30 rock jumped the shark. That's season. really, it's funny to me. 
Uh, Cannot stand her. Just seeing her. Mm, mm, I can feel my blood pressure going up. <laughs> all right. Let's let Landon cool off and let's wrap it up for the day. We're we're Morning Monorail on all the socials now. Morningmonorail.com. Visit our T Public store for all the new logos. People have been snatching up those shirts like crazy. Been so, seeing that. A lot on yeah. the social, by the way. Do you ever confuse your logo with like something for the state of Georgia because the sun looks like a peach? No, but I do see the connection with the Phoenix Suns, which I'm actually kind of okay with. Because I lived in Phoenix for a little while, and at that time they had a pretty strong lineup with Steve Nash running the point guard. They had Sean that was Marion. A fun team, yeah. Um, and and the and Phoenix is a very uh, fair weather fan kind of a city. <laughs> but because the Suns were really good, everybody was into it. So it was it was well, fun. They kind of got a good roster this year, so I mean, yeah, they've improved. Don't they have Chris Paul now? I think they they added Chris Paul, but did I, they? Chris Paul gets shipped around all yeah, the time. Yeah, they, they're not they're they're really not doing much yet. But maybe maybe as it goes on, I mean, they ain't the Lakers, but they're definitely a dark horse. Yeah, they could they could make a little noise. So, all right, everybody, go watch the Phoenix Suns and come back here tomorrow <laughs> for another Morning Monorail podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. You can find us on the socials at Morning Monorail. The website is morningmonorail.com and the email is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail 407-917-2144. Thank you so much for being part of the Monorail family. We'll see you next time.